I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, we know that over the weekend, the Senate will take up this reconciliation bill, this uh, interestingly named Inflation Reduction Act. And, of course, a lot of attention has been focused on Arizona Senator uh, Kristen Sinema. And as we roll into the weekend and the actual process of how this plays out, the person who might be most important to all of this may not even be a senator. It may actually be the parliamentarian. Uh, We want to break all of that down and what this process will look like since it's going to take place over the weekend. And, of course, when we need to break down uh, the workings of the Senate, we always turn to our friend James Walner, senior fellow at the R Street Institute. And, uh, James, as we roll into this, uh, I want you to to just give us kind of the the play-by-play first uh, in terms of how this is expected to roll out. We know the Senate is likely to convene Uh, at about 12.30 Eastern time tomorrow, and that'll kind of get the ball rolling. But first, just take us through what is the likely timing process, and then we'll get into some of the potential hurdles. Absolutely. And and thanks for having me. At first, I thought you were going to say that I was the most important person (laughs) to how this all plays out. That goes without saying, James. Yeah, the truth (laughs) is that I'm not, and neither is the parliamentarian, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. So what's happening right now is that a reconciliation bill can't be filibustered on the Senate floor. Um, And there are only certain things that senators can put into a reconciliation bill. And if you put things unrelated to a budget, things that violate the special rules that govern this process into this reconciliation bill, then presumably it will then become a piece of ordinary legislation that you can filibuster. So it's very important that Democrats get it right or that Republicans get it right whenever they're using this process. That's why they wait and they really want to make sure their bill uh, complies with the rules. And to do that, they turn to the Senate parliamentarian. And the Senate parliamentarian engages and leads what we call a birdbath. Now, the birdbath refers to the so-called bird rule, named after the former senator from West Virginia and former majority leader Robert Byrd. And when the Senate first got into the business of uh, uh, doing reconciliation bills, it turns out they used it in ways that were unrelated to the to the um, to the budget. And so they ended up creating a bird rule 
to exclude those provisions. And that's what's happening right now. Uh, Both sides are going through line by line this bill with the parliamentarian, and they're looking at what the Senate has done in the past, and they're looking at the text of their rule, and they're trying to decide if every single provision is compliant. And if it's not, it's going to have to be removed. And that's the first thing that's going to happen after the Senate votes to begin debate. They're going to have to remove these provisions that do violate the Byrd rule, if any do, from this bill. And then once they do that, there'll be 20 hours of debate. And then at the end of 20 hours, there's going to be what we call a votorama, which is a period in which any senator can offer an amendment. It can go as long as senators want. In theory, the longest votorama has been 44 votes in 2009, or 2010 or 2008. It's hard to keep them all straight. <laughs> uh, so, so let's break this down just a little bit. So uh, this is an interesting element. So there's 723 pages of this uh, bill text so far. I'm sure it will get a little longer as it goes along. Uh, but this is where senators uh, sort of move into lobbying role as they interact with the parliamentarian uh, to try to convince the parliamentarian that this does belong here. This does have budgetary impact. This is uh, legitimate under the bird rule that it should be able to stay in. And that's kind of an interesting shift, I think, for a lot of the senators who are are used to being lobbied uh, by outside groups. And suddenly they've got to lobby the parliamentarian if they want to keep a certain provision in those 723 pages. It is a curious development, and I want to caution your listeners um, and and really encourage you all to remember that the senators are the only ones who can decide what their rules are, and the senators are the only ones who can remove provisions or add provisions to bills. Anything else is unconstitutional, including the parliamentarian. But there's one particular part of the Byrd rule that makes the parliamentarian very influential in this process. There's six tests. I'm not going to go through all of them, but one of – and they're very straightforward. If it amends Social Security or changes Social Security, you can't do it via this fast-track process, things like that. But one of these provisions says that if in the Byrd rule, one of these tests, says that if a piece of a legislation bill – does change outlays or spending or tax levels and revenues, but that change is, quote, merely incidental to the non-budgetary components of the provision, then it can't be included. And so if you find yourself kind of your brain fogging up here, well, that's this is, I think, par for the course in the Senate, but that merely incidental language is critical because it is not defined. There is no definition anywhere as to what that means. And so senators have to look to what they did in the past. What they decided in the past was merely incidental to guide their decisions in the present. And that's where the parliamentarian comes in, because the parliamentarian is the person who is charged with, crea- with, with documenting and collecting the Senate's precedents, what it did in the past, and then advising the senators mm-hmm. on what those precedents say and how they relate to the present and the situation before them. Uh, fascinating stuff. And so that's going to continue to play out. You mentioned there'll be uh, up to 20 hours of debate uh, once that's brought to the floor there. Is it likely that they'll use all 20 hours or is this one of those with uh, an August recess looming uh, that both sides might yield back some of that time and get on to that uh, Votorama portion of the program? 
Well, we won't know until it happens, but all bets are off when August recess is looming, which is a very interesting thing because it turns out if you just keep senators in town, if you force them to debate bills and you allow them to offer amendments to bills, you actually get compromises. That's the way that the Senate works. And so I my own assumption is that it will not because 20 hours is not a lot of time, but it will be curious to see how long the voterama lasts yeah. with the August recess looming and the outcome already in the senators minds, at least assured. Will they really drag this out or will it be over before, you know, before most people realize it? Yeah, um, so we'll we'll watch that. Obviously, that'll kick off uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll probably play late into the evening on Saturday night. Uh, I I think they will probably wrap up a little sooner than later. Uh, nothing like the smell of jet fumes at uh, Washington Reagan, and the opportunity to go back to your home state for uh, several weeks. I, I think has a a lot of people eyeing the door and eyeing compromise in maybe a little different way than they than they have. <laughs> Is there anything else that you're watching for, James, as this starts to roll out, either anything specific that we know is in the bill or anything that might give heartburn, uh, especially to someone like a, a Senator Cinema or to a, a Senator Manchin uh, as this moves through the process? Well, I, nothing's done until it is done. And we see now that a major provision of this bill is being removed to get cinema's vote. Republicans can offer amendments to it and can change it. And on that note, I want to – it may be a little bit in the weeds, but because of the way in which the Democrats went around committees to bring this bill directly to the mm-hmm. floor, that gives Republicans and Democrats, for that matter, many much more um, ability to to – a larger playing field, if you will. Their amendments no longer have to be germane to the four corners of the bill. They can actually offer things that are germane to the jurisdiction of the committees that were charged originally with developing this piece of legislation. So it just gives senators one more extra um, tool in their toolbox to use to advance their goals and to achieve their goals in the process. Now, it remains to be seen whether they'll use that but they certainly have it at their disposal because of the way the Democrats chose to uh, circumvent committee and put this bill directly on the floor. Uh, great stuff, as always. James Walner, uh, from senior fellow at the R Street Institute. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting uh, 24 to 36 hours, I think, in the United States Senate uh, as this moves forward right in front of uh, a long August recess uh, for the Senate. Uh, James, thanks so much for joining us on a Friday, breaking that down. As always, uh, appreciate your perspective. Thanks for having me. All right, again, that's uh, James Walner from the R Street Institute. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. Again, this is a 725-page bill, billions of dollars, uh, implications on tax and revenue and climate and energy and a host of other things. And how it all plays out will be fascinating to watch. Tune into C-SPAN over the weekend. You might just see something interesting. We'll be right back. Final thoughts coming up. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and Get ready, because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. 
You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.